Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hell yes, it is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. I spy a championship Friday as we welcome you in. Couldn't be more thrilled to be here for the next three hours. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. They got a little pep in their step, a little championship pep in their step on a Friday downtown Las Vegas. We've got plenty to do. We're going to go to Detroit with Dave Burkett. Okay, the big guy took care of that with Venmo. Stuart Durst is going to join a handicapper. Jesse Newell, Kansas City. We'll go straight there. Get that smirk off your face, Sweetelson. And Mike Samich. Samich will probably have about 50 plays. VEASAN host, of course, handicapper is going to join as well. But boys, an exciting day as we open up the program quickly. Give you the numbers and say hello. Baltimore is laying four across the board. I see one, three and a half still kind of poking its head up, but Baltimore 444 on the total. Detroit and San Francisco is interesting. DraftKings is sitting seven and a half. A lot of markets sitting seven. DraftKings is even on the seven and a half. What does that mean for new betters? Again, headed to seven as opposed to going up. We say hi for the first time. Amal Shaw, how are we feeling today? Feeling good, ready to get into the championship weekend. Just want to get your thoughts quickly on what's it like as a fan your team now what 51 hours away from kickoff i was telling dustin this morning i said it's great that we actually have one of the final four teams and somebody's actually a fan of i gotta go back to the 80s the last time i had an nfl team that had some sort of importance in the cleveland browns yeah no it's lit it's amazing i would say a good friend of mine texted me this morning how are you feeling and i just wrote back house money i have <laughs> no issues about what's about to go down on sunday evening the lions have paid back the city of detroit and the state of michigan tenfold this year it's been an amazing ride again i'll repeat myself the pressure was against tampa bay you had to beat that team that's not a very good football team the pressure is on the 49ers the pressure is on one two your boy and your boy, Dustin Sweetelson, Kyle Grumpy Shanahan. Uh, he needs to win this game. There, There is. And by the way, he doesn't just need to win this game. He needs to win a Super Bowl this year. Sweetelson, defend yourself. Uh, Michigan is the uh, Great Lake State, right? Confirm that? <laughs> yes. It's yes, ironic because this game's going to be a boat race. The San Francisco 49ers going to put oh, up a lot of points. Oh, Better show us where you wrote brother. that down. Show us where you, because you would never come up with that on the spot. Go ahead and show us. Row the boat, big guy. Get P.J. Fleck out here. You better start rowing. Get those oars ready to go warm them up because it's going to be a boat race. Those 49ers are going to chuck it all over the Lions this weekend. Dare I say everyone crushing Brock Purdy. We're going to have a uh, Brock Purdy bounce back performance. I, I thought Patrick brought up a great point that remember last weekend it was house. Uh, sorry, not house money for Detroit. They had a great setup against Tampa. It was the ideal scenario in the divisional round. Now, if you're San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, this is an ideal setup in Detroit. They've had a very good season, but if this game is like the one against the Packers where it gets tighter and tighter and then you're gonna have to rely on something I don't, I don't want to do that if I'm a 49ers backer in this spot 
I'm just picking myself up off the mat. The big guy, you know what? It's going to be a good three hours. Generally, when he has a good zing to start, he, the ascent is upwards. When he struggles off the bat, insecurity takes over, and he struggles with the program, and the after-show call is all about what he could have done better. But that that little line right there, Sweetelson, I'm bullish on you like Bitcoin. I, I would say I, am, I have concerns. I have concerns about Kyle Shanahan in a big spot, and I also think that your boy Ben Johnson has some trickery up his sleeve. He's not going down without a fight. He's not going down swinging. We're going to see everything they have because they'll have two Oof. weeks to prepare in the Super Bowl. We're going to see some random wild stuff from the Lions offense. I have a weird feeling about that. Save the I, spoke too, I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. Uh, he just countered himself by saying boat race 49ers and then jock the offensive coordinator of the Lions. Yeah, it's called Are trying, you okay? Yeah, I'm trying. Are you when, okay? I'm trying. Have you not figured out I contradict myself all the time? I was trying to yes. annoy you with the first statement. Then the second <laughs> statement was kind of what I generally feel. But out of the gates, you said something, and I wanted to annoy you because you weren't like overly enthusiastic about your team being the NFC championship game. Oh, no, no. And I'm not sandbagging either. I will say this. I was digging through the props last night, boys. I think the inflation in the prop market is nuts. I've got a ton of unders on player props. And I'm just going to also say, if you do want to bet these unders, don't worry. You're not late to the party. Wait, because by the time we get closer and closer and 90% of that money comes in, not just side in total, but in the prop market, those numbers are going to continue to inflate and go up. So just as kind of a warning shot, I've got a ton of unders on the props and that includes Lamar Jackson I'm excited to talk about that game we'll get sides and totals we'll have picks all over the place I just want to read to you too a quote from Jared Goff who's absolutely taking over the state of Michigan along with Dan Campbell like they could run on a ticket and become governor and assistant governor today but asked about Dan Campbell's best attribute as a person and as a coach you know what Jared Goff said he said emotional intelligence that's my coach. Now, he can't count, and he does botch the clock, and he struggles in game, but my guy, kneecaps, everybody calls him a meathead, emotional intelligence, that kind of buoyed my psyche headed into NFC Championship Sunday. Uh, look, when you look at it, you give this team a ton of credit. They followed his lead, and they bought into everything he's selling, and Jared Goff, you mentioned it. It just I have to tell you guys, we played that clip you talked about. Was it Woj, uh, Patrick, you mentioned? Yes, yeah. yep. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't mean the result is going to favor the Lions, but his disposition to me said a lot about the team and where they're at mentally going into this game. He was relaxed, didn't felt like didn't feel like the spot's too big. And one advantage he does have over Brock Purdy, guys, he has been to the show. He has been to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it against the Patriots. Been there, done that. Amon Ross St. Brown seems like a guy who's never going to get rattled. We were all ragging on the 12th pick of Jameer Gibbs. This guy has emerged now as an Offensive Rookie of the Year finalist. I mean, this team is ready to go. Don't, don't sell them short. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean they're going to cover. But I think this team deserves a ton of credit for where they are. Yeah, the market says the Lions are going to get blown out. We shall see. You see $3.40, $3.40 to win a dollar back money line on the 49ers. Big guy, last words before we dive into the program. We got a lot to do here. Let's hear from D.C. himself because yes, sir. there was a lot of talking in the media. You mentioned Goff on Campbell. Now here's Dan Campbell earlier in the week from Wednesday. He was asked about his quarterback, Jared Goff, going back to his hometown and playing a big game back in the Bay. He's going to be great. I, I really I, I feel great about golf. Uh, he's the least of my concerns. I, he's going to be just fine uh, for him. He's done this before. He understands it. We're back on the road and uh, it'll be, uh, you know, a loud environment. Uh, but I mean, we man, we've been in some big games on the road over the last year and a half and, and he's performed uh, well. And look, we, we threw a ton on him last week. Now, I know it was at home, but we, we put a lot on his plate. You know, as advanced as that defense was, all the different things they do, that required that he take on a heavy load to get us in the right play, uh, find the matchups, you know, read coverage. Uh, and and he, he was outstanding with that. And so um, he, he's going to be fine. He's going to be ready to go. 
And what did I hear there? I heard emotional intelligence from my head coach. That's a great clip to get us started. I want to say this. Uh, a head coach can do so much for an organization. And Dan Campbell, in three quick years, has completely changed the makeup of the Detroit Lions. And I bring up the head coaches because yesterday, fellas, and I think you two did a great job with it, we, we broke some news on the show. Canales was hired by the Carolina Panthers. You had Raheem Morris in real time being hired by the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. Of course, a no-brainer. Jim Harbaugh here with the Chargers. That was a no-brainer. We understand that. But there seems to be a narrative like surrounding will he or won't he when it comes to Bill Belichick. And I think there's the surface and then there's reality. And this is a pretty basic scenario. First off, there's a 0% chance that Bill Belichick is a head coach this year, this forthcoming year in the NFL. And I think for a lot of good reasons. One, what happened with Atlanta is obviously Obviously, there was a front office survival like McKay and the rest of the crew got to Arthur Blank and said, we don't want to lose our jobs. That curmudgeon's going to come in here and completely take over everything. And I think if you watch the Canalis video yesterday. And Dustin, you sent me a Raheem Morris video, which was really, really just it, it showed his temperament. It showed his personality and why you'd want him as your head coach. And then you starkly contrast that to what Bill Belichick would have brought, which is essentially a wet blanket. He's going to be a great coach. And here's exactly what Bill Belichick needs to do, because the the clock is ticking. He needs to take a year, go on TV and have a little bit of an image makeover, if that makes sense, boys. Like he needs to jump on television and show what everybody's been saying behind closed doors. He's Don frickin Rickles or Jerry Seinfeld to give you an updated version of what a comedian is like. Bill Belichick has never shown anything to the public. And if he's going to get a head coaching job next year, one of 32, he's going to have to have an image makeover and it has to happen this offseason. There is no other way to spin it. Raheem Morris was the hire, should have been the hire. Bill Belichick tried to walk in there with his equity and it didn't work out. Patrick, I think you raised some excellent points. First of all, you talked about personality. I mean, you we hear that about Saban, Andy Reid, some of these guys having great personalities behind the scenes, and I don't doubt that. But with Bill Belichick, you never, ever see that. Like, I can't remember one time you go, you know, I get he could be a bit curmudgeonly, but then you look at him and go, hey, he looks like he might be a fun guy behind closed doors, but just doesn't seem to have that disposition. And I think the other thing is nobody wants to tell the emperor he has no clothes. I think all these teams may have talked to him, or Atlanta in particular, and they realized, you know what, this guy is not going to raise the level of the of just the building itself based on his personality coming in there. Look, we know Washington's going to hire Ben Johnson. You've talked about it for weeks now. Seattle, if they were going to hire Bill Belichick, they would have already made the move. There's yep. no reason to sit around and wait while the postseason is still ongoing and there's four teams remaining. You're right. He needs a makeover. I don't know if it's going to be enough for him at 72 years old and then next year potentially somebody looking to take a shot at him at 73 and is his personality transformed enough to be able to really change what people see him being. Totally agree. And big guy, there's a couple of words in 2024 in big business. When we merged with DraftKings, it was very collaborative. There was a lot of synergy. It worked out well. These organizations, Carolina, general manager, then Canales, 38 years, 42 years old. There needs to be a collaborative effect. Bill Belichick is the antithesis of a collaboration. When we return, we're jumping into the props. Plus, the big guy's got to break down on those one seeds and champion. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Presented by DraftKings, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Remember, $5 gets you $200 in bonus bets instantly at DraftKings using that promo code VEASAN for new customers. All customers every day, a no-sweat, same-game parlay at DraftKings. The crown is yours as we welcome you back. Of course, it's still crazy, crazy to say, but the Lions are in the NFC Championship game coming up Sunday night. To discuss that, Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press, Lions beat reporter, been covering the Lions for a long time at Dave Burkett on Twitter. And Dave, full disclosure, I've been reading you for many, many years, me and my family. I'm from Michigan, so <laughs> it's a thrill It's a thrill to talk to you, Dave. Uh, let's start here. You saw the back and forth with Jared Goff and Bob Wojanowski from the news. I, I saw a different yeah. side of Goff. Is Goff like that when you're covering him, <laughs> kind of jovial and a leader? Is that his vibe? First of all, I appreciate the uh, the intro. You date me a little bit because uh, I do feel a little bit old uh, considering all the uh, the bad Lions years I've been through yes. before getting this year. But um, yes, yeah, no. Look, I mean, I think um, I don't think golf is is normally like that. But what golf does have is he's got a he's got a little quick wit about him, right? He's got a little dry sense of humor, and and we did see that come out. And maybe he feels a little more, you know, confident about displaying that because shoot, he's, he's silenced a lot of doubters. You know, he, he caught a lot of guff when he came here. You know, I was certainly one of the people that, uh, you know, wondered what he was going to be if he was a bridge quarterback or, or what the Lions really were going to do with him. And now, you know, three years later, here they are, one win from the Super Bowl. So um, I, I kind of like that side of him, even though he, I think he was just having a little fun with Bob. Dave, outside of their talent on the field, what are the intangibles that make you believe or Lions fans should believe that they can win this game on Sunday in Santa Clara? Well, look, number one is confidence. I mean, this team is um, not to the point where they're overconfident, cocky, you know, taking the 49ers for granted. But the one thing that Dan Campbell has done is instill in his players, instill in the entire organization, really like a belief that they belong, a belief that they can do anything. And, you know, I, I think we saw it that first year when they started 0-10 and 1 and they were still scrapping and clawing and winning games. And, you know, I know Brad Holmes had told me at the time, you know, he'd be driving to work thinking like, man, just wait, we are going to be there one day and he'd get there and Dan Campbell would be sort of foaming at the mouth saying the same thing. And I think that as much as anything is why the Lions are where they are. I mean, they have a really good roster, but the the unwavering belief really they have in Dan Campbell and the people around them um, that they belong, that's, that's what's carried them to this point. Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press. Let's start with the Lions' approach on offense. I think, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but shortening the game, running the football, keeping that explosive 49er offense off the field, that feels like a pretty basic game plan. What do you see from the Lions? I think you're right uh, because, I, you know, when you look at how the Lions match up defensively with the 49ers, they're going to have some problems with that. Um, you know, obviously San Francisco has got a really balanced offense. Christian McCaffrey having a great year in, in the Lions secondary. Um, you know, they need to blitz to, to, to get home sometimes with some of that pressure. And, and I don't know, Brock Purdy gets the ball out pretty quick. Um, so I don't know how that secondary is going to hold up. So if I'm putting the game plan together, at least I, I would probably start there too. I think the 49ers 
good statistically against the run, but they've shown a few cracks. And when you have Jameer Gibbs, you have David Montgomery, you have the line that the Lions have. I think that's where it all starts when it comes to the Lions offense this week. So I don't think that means they will you know, shy away from throwing the ball downfield, but, but maybe be smart about doing that and, uh, you know, make sure that, make sure that they, you know, this isn't one of those games where there's 12 possessions and it gets out of hand and, and they're playing catch up. They want to be the team that, that takes the early lead. And I think they can do that by, by running the football. Dave, Detroit was fourth against the run this year in the National Football League. Christian McCaffrey's over under this year's, excuse me, this game is at 86 and a half. Is this a number you would look towards going under or over? And can the Lions really genuinely slow him down in this one? Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, look, the Lions haven't allowed 70 yards to a running back this year, I don't think. So, you know, I, I guess I, would, I might lean under on that. I, I think Christian McCaffrey... Look, if you like the 49ers to win, I think you're probably thinking McCaffrey's going to have a big game because that's just that's what he does, right? But I like the Lions' run defense. They did show a few cracks last week. They allowed about six yards per carry last week against the Bucks, um, but they haven't allowed 100 yards since you know early December. Uh, they, they've done a really good job keeping running backs in check. It's been some of the running quarterbacks that have, have hurt them. So I like this to be a close game. I think the Lions can keep McCaffrey under that number. Dave, the number, the Lions are catching seven and a half. Based on what you just said, does that number feel a bit disrespectful to the Detroit Lions? It felt heavy to me when it came out, and I actually said something to somebody in the locker room the other day, like, man, I was surprised by that. And they were like, you're telling me, you know? So I think it's uh, it's definitely something that, um, you know, I don't know if that's bulletin board material, right? But I, I think it definitely is something that, that caught some people's eye in, in Detroit. Like, they feel like they are an evenly matched team with the 49ers, and this is going to be one of those games that, you know, whoever has the ball last gets to sort of paint the picture of what the outcome is. Dave, the Lions had the most uh, fourth down attempts in the National Football League this year. Could that prove beneficial for their offense, the ability to take certain risks, say, across the 40-yard line in plus territory? Yeah, I, I think the one point with that is that it, it's not going to change in this game. You know, I, I don't think Dan Campbell is the type that's all of a sudden going to stray from what got him there. I mean, he's since he walked in the door in Allen Park, he's believed that, you know, a set of downs is four downs, it's not three. And if there's an opportunity to, you know, that, that's why they've been so successful sometimes, right? A third and eight, they don't need to pick up eight. You know, maybe they need to pick up four to go for it on fourth down, just knowing the personnel they have and, and Dan's appetite for risk. So I do think you're right that, especially in a game like this, where maximizing possessions is important, um, whether it's going for it on fourth down, maybe it's throwing a fake punt in. We've certainly seen that from Dan before. Those are the risks I think he's willing to take in a, in a big game like this. Dave Burkett, he's on the Lions beat for the Detroit Free Press. I, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm 45. You might be a little bit younger than me, but I just can't believe we're having this conversation. And the conversation <laughs> starts with Dan Campbell. I mean, I'm serious. Like, my family's freaking out yeah. in Michigan. Dan Campbell could run for governor and win in a landslide. Like, help us understand nationally yeah. the impact of Campbell. No, you're right, man. It, it is. Look, it's one of those things, you know, I've, I've told a couple people of late, like, everyone thought they were going to be a good team, right? I mean, you thought they were going to win the division this year, but to be here 60 good minutes of football away from the Super Bowl, I, I don't know that anyone realized just how close it was because it's been so long, you know, like the Lions just, they haven't been very good. And, and this year it's a, a combination of the right coach, you know, the right roster, um, the right opportunity, you know, yeah, you, you know, this, there, there's no Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. And that was the case for three decades. So, all those things sort of came together. And then when you put, you know, Dan at the, the top of it and again, sort of, you know, he's the face of this rebuild and the, the belief that people have in him, like the city is, is it's on fire here. I mean, people have like, you know, they, they've changed the lights in front of their house to blue lights for, for lions. You know, they, I was looking on, on Delta, you know, just to, I'm going to the Super Bowl regardless, but just to, you know, book a flight home. I'd booked the one way, just kind of waiting to see what the, the lions were going to do. It's 2000. It's more than $2,000 to come home that day after the game, because so many people have booked 
refundable tickets thinking the Lions are going to get there, wanting to be there for the first time the Lions get there. So, um, I, you know, I know they're not favorite, but you try to tell anyone here in Detroit they're not going to win. I think they'd, they'd probably, you know, bite your kneecap off like, like Dan would tell them to do. <laughs> so, Dave, you mentioned getting out of Metro is going to be a problem. Should people give us a prediction? Should they start getting online right now to reserve their flights for Las Vegas? <laughs> tell us what's going to happen on Sunday. Look, I uh, so I filed my prediction earlier today, and I think the 49ers are the better team. Like, I, you know, they've got this Pro Bowl-laden roster. I mean, all kinds of weapons. I, I, I'm not exactly sure how the Lions are going to keep the offense in check. But, man, I, I've seen enough movies to know that these things are based on, like, real-life stories. And this just has, like, a storybook feel to the season. So I don't think the Lions are that far off roster-wise. I... I think they're going to win, man. I think it's a close game. I, I just, there's something about the way this season has gone and the way these guys here are conducting themselves that they, they want this opportunity. And when they get it, I, I think they're ready for it. So I picked the Lions by one in my prediction, 28-27. Um, it's not going to surprise me either way what happens. But, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for a good story, but I, I think the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Well, now you got me emotional. I'm in my feels. Dave Burkett. Whether they win or lose, I will read you in the Detroit Free Press at Dave Burkett. Dave, thanks, man. I enjoy reading you. Appreciate you. You got it, man. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you. You too. I, it, it, Dustin's smiling. I could see him smiling in the camera here because he knows why. I've just, I have full body chills, like but, goosebumps. All I don't know what's happening right now. But part of it is... I didn't anticipate Dave to pick the Lions to win because I know how people from there think because I know you. What did he say? 28-24? 28-27. Okay. So uh, as a network that deals in wagering, focus on the over. Okay. <laughs> Even if you don't like his prediction, you get an idea. Let's go over. Stuart Durst, handicapper next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, right now you can get 10% off our annual subscription. Become a VSIN pro, get everything the kitchen sink, vsin.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code SHARP. So, again, 10% off right now, a yearly subscription using that promo code SHARP, vsin.com slash subscribe. We got you back here, Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. This is vsin, the sports betting network. Championship Friday into Championship Sunday. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, the AFC is going to be up first in Baltimore, Kansas City, Baltimore Lane 4, 44, 44 and a half on the total. To discuss that from the Kansas City perspective, Jesse Newell joins us, Kansas City Star, Chiefs beat reporter at Jesse Newell on Twitter. We say hi to Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Thank you. Uh, expectations as far as the weather in Baltimore, uh, it's going to be unseasonably warm. We think we're going to see rain. Yeah, I think that's sort of what uh, everybody's preparing for and looking at the forecast and trying to figure it out. But um, you guys know this. This is kind of maybe the least weather game the Chiefs have faced, which is kind of crazy yeah. to say. And it seems like the Chiefs, every single week, it warms up 30 degrees. Uh, when it starts with a negative 30-degree wind chill game here at Arrowhead, uh, you know, you can only go up from there. But, you know, studies have shown over time that usually wind is more of a factor than rain is. Obviously, maybe a drop path or two could be part of the equation there. But the winds seem like they'll be manageable or at least more manageable than what the Chiefs faced earlier, especially in Miami. So um, I would think maybe mostly these two offenses, the, the hurdles they're going to face are going to be the other team's defense. And uh, obviously with the matchup that's coming up this weekend, we know that both these teams can play a little bit of ball on that end and can make it life tough for these two quarterbacks. Jesse, is there something wrong with Travis Kelsey or an injury that needs to be concerned with for people looking at some of his prop bets? He had a three-game stretch in late December where he caught 13 passes for 88 yards. Now he's going against Queen, Roquan Smith, and potentially Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, so he had the knee injury earlier this year. Uh, the very first game he sat out against the Lions and then kind of battled through it all year. Later on the season, he was on the injury report with a neck injury, but just continued to play through it. I think what's sort of interesting, guys, is I get this question a lot, and um, I think what we saw last week is part of what 
Kelsey was hoping would happen when he sat out the Week 18 game against the Chargers. He was only a handful of yards short of getting another 1,000-yard receiving season, which obviously is something he's done for uh, many years in a row. It's an NFL record for tight ends with that. But uh, he even mentioned to our Sam McDowell at the Kansas City Star when he asked him last week, like, how is your body feeling after that week off? And he said, actually, the week after I'm even feeling better uh, by taking that week off and not having those hits and, and doing a little bit more treatment uh, you're able to do when you're not focusing on a game in week 18. And so I think we saw a different Travis Kelsey last week. Now, you know, the guy's 34 years old, and I always have to continually look this up because it just amazes me every time I do. But um, Travis is five months away uh, birth-wise from Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski wow. retired, came back, Retired again, has been retired for a couple of years now, and Travis Kelsey is still one of the most productive tight ends in the NFL. So part of this is age-related. Part of this is just going to be a natural decline for him. But I do think we saw a different player uh, here in the last couple of weeks. He hasn't dropped against Miami. I think that was really the cold weather and, and him getting adjusted to that. But I, I do think we saw a more fresher guy last week, and uh, part, partially part of the uh, production we saw for him could be because of that. Good nugget. I didn't know that. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star. You wrote about Steve Spagnolo in the Star. Let's talk about him because his in-game adjustments are awesome, halftime adjustments. My expectation, Jesse, the Ravens are going to run the football. How did the Chiefs stack up against that? Not great, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. And really where the Chiefs have feasted this year is if they get teams in third and long and they get some of these exotic split packages out where – They've got a McDuffie coming off the edge and uh, George Carloft is dropping into coverage and you're able to, you know, get this creative thing going while still playing zone behind it. Uh, that's where, really where the Chiefs have kind of um, been really effective this season. Where it hasn't looked as good is sort of you look back at the Buffalo game last week where if a team can run the football uh, and have a quarterback who can run and, and be unpredictable on third down, uh, that, that's where the Chiefs have struggled. I think there's 27th in DVOA in run defense this year. So that has been their problem now. I mean, I think part of that's by design, guys, because if you're going to pick one of the two things to be good at, it's obviously pass defense. I mean, this is a passing league, and we know that pass offenses in most games are what win football games. Um, so there is a weakness there. That she's going to be without Derek Nottie uh, in this particular game, too. He was injured uh, here recently, and so they'll be without him in the middle. Chris Jones, I, I saw some Yahoo stats this uh, week about him and how uh, – Quarters one through three this season, he had nine tackles against the run all season. And so uh, maybe the motivation hasn't been there as much as years past uh, to get in the run game. But the motivation might be there this game. I uh, just actually wrote about this. It's sort of interesting. We, there was so much made of week 18 where Chris Jones played with the backup to try to get his 10th sack to get a $1.25 million bonus. Well, you go back to his contract, and there's actually another bonus in it that says if he makes all pro and the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, he earns a million more dollars. So might be just a touch more motivation. I, I would have more motivation if a million dollars was on the line. So we'll see if we, we, we all see the best of Chris Jones coming up. But he's a key to the run defense along with the linebackers, along with them, uh, trying to get, get a team like Baltimore to third and long. If that happens, uh, I like the Chiefs' chances. Jesse, outside of 15, who's the most important person on the Chiefs' offense? And if they're going to be successful and get a win on Sunday, who's that person that needs to step up in a big way? Yeah, I still think it's Kelsey. Um, you know, you look at this, Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship game six straight years. I mean, you talk about some of these guys on the team. Well, the last time the Chiefs were not in the AFC Championship game or the first year that they were, uh, guys on the current team were barely starting to get offers in high school for college. I mean, uh, some guys were throwing parties to watch the AFC Championship game at their house when they were, you know, 16, 17 years old. So it's pretty amazing this run they've been on. But you look at the constants from that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has had a lot of different guys on the roster for this stuff, but constants are him, they're Chris Jones, they're Andy Reid, and they're Travis Kelsey. And so um, those two guys, when they're on, when they can see things the same way, which they so often do, they can beat good defense, you know? They can read things post-snap. Uh, it's kind of a mind meld. It, sometimes it's hard for them to even explain it, but uh, Patrick just sort of says afterwards, like, I knew Kelsey wasn't supposed to do that. I knew he was going to do it anyway, and so I threw it to where I thought he wasn't supposed to be, and it worked out. And that's how they can carve up zone coverages. I know Baltimore you know, runs a lot of that, but, but he really is their zone killer. Obviously, Rasheed Rice has come on late in the season, and if we're going to pick, really nitpick at Baltimore, um, if there's any area to attack defensively, maybe the run defense is a little bit vulnerable, maybe. And so you bring Isaiah Pacheco into that conversation and how hard he runs the football. But end of the day, I, I just think 
man, a big game like this, um, you know, obviously 15 is the big one, but uh, Travis Kelsey is the guy he's relied upon for so long and the guy that's always seemed to have that mind melt when things aren't going right, he can always find the connection with him. So if the Chiefs are going to win this game, I, I certainly think it's going to be one of those vintage Mahomes-Kelsey games, and that's potentially what could lift them uh, to another Super Bowl appearance. Jesse, as betters, we try to measure motivation, but it's quite nebulous, obviously. You just mentioned the Chiefs, six straight AFC championship appearances. Like, they're the dog here. Help us understand the motivation angle. Well, I think you saw it last week. Um, and listen, Bill's mafia is, is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they were ready for that game. I mean, <laughs> You know, videos out there online you can find the Chiefs bus is getting pelted by snowballs. They're getting middle fingers on the way in. Um, Mahomes is trying to give his gloves away after the game. He's getting pelted by more snowballs, all this sort of thing. Chris Jones is getting to it with fans. Um, but before the game, you know, going back and forth with him. But I do think sometimes you have to find that thing that triggers you, uh, that to get you going. I mean, sort of famously now, Travis Kelsey at last year's parade talked about how everybody doubted the Chiefs, and that lifted them to the Super Bowl. Well, Throughout the course of the season, Chiefs were like the second-best team in football. You know what I mean? Like, nobody was really doubting them. You know what I mean? But, like, when it comes to that edge, you have to find that. You know what I mean? It's, it's sort of interesting if you guys go on Twitter. Uh, Bobby Stroop is the trainer for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, his personal trainer who helps him out, the list and all those sorts of things. And it's funny, every single week, Bobby tries to find things in the media that sort of are disparaging the Chiefs. I think partly because he knows Patrick Mahomes reads that Twitter feed and he wants them to be kind of fired up for these, for these particular games. So there's something there. And the Chiefs aren't usually underdogs. And the other part we have to, to speak into this is I don't want to get the numbers. Um, these are going to be approximately, you can look me up, but it's, it's pretty close. As an underdog, Mahomes is just out of this world. I mean, he's 9-1-1 against the spread and 8-3 and overall as an underdog in his career. So they relish this. And you could tell uh, Patrick Mahomes' video of his postgame speech is, is up online. The Chiefs posted on Twitter. And um, one of the things he said about the Bills was uh, they got what they wanted. They got the Chiefs in Buffalo, and the Chiefs took care of business from there. So I do think there is that aspect of this. I think, do think the Chiefs, for so long seen as the favorites of this conference, uh, do enjoy this role of playing the villain. And so we'll see if they can do it again on Sunday. It's obviously difficult against a very, very, very good Ravens team, but I think this is a role that Chiefs like to play. 30 seconds. Give us a prediction, Jesse. Yeah, guys. I mean, Baltimore's the better team. Baltimore's got the better defense, the better pass defense. Uh, Baltimore has the home advantage, and they've got all the fans. And yet the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Um, so that should make for a classic. Uh, I picked against the Chiefs last week, and I'm not going to do it again this week because I saw what number 15 could do. So we'll see if the Chiefs end up again in the, in the Super Bowl. If they do, it'll be because of Patrick Mahomes. That was awesome. Jesse Newell, Kansas City star on the beat, at Jesse Newell on Twitter. Thank you, Jesse. Enjoy the game. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Do not let the big guy get hot booking guests. <laughs> He's having a day. Pay attention, the big guy. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're thrilled about the brand new vsin.com. Go ahead, take a look. It's a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, mobile first focus. You got the improved functionality. Really what's important here is you're on your phone incessantly and vsin.com now is perfectly adapted for that. Really quick reaction times with the site. Expanded educational content, including an article from Somo, Mike Samich, Esquire, up there about the props this weekend, heading into championship weekend. The big guy, the big guy's spicy today. I'm just going to warn you, we still have 44 minutes to go. He gave me some attitude during the break. I'm trying to deal with it, kind of plow through. I'm all shot. Look, he's mad. You Mike act like Samich. you're innocent. You always act like you're innocent. I didn't do anything. Hey, by the way, boys, Stirring I just wanted pot. to pass this along. I want to pass this along. Uh, so John Goulet, our fearless leader here at VEASAN, has done a great job kind of hammering home. Hey, fellas. Hey, ladies. This is the NFL season right now. I want you talking NFL content. This is the best. Samich sent over his championship weekend plays, and then he followed it with an NHL play for tonight. <laughs> this is the, hey, the grind don't stop, Samich. You just got to slide it in there every now and then, right? I mean, like, there's other things going on. There's no NFL to bet tonight. Someone out there may be interested in a little play on the ice, little, get a little money down tonight. We got one of those games that starts at uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time here, so you get a little action, but, uh, you know, wet your beak before the weekend gets going. By the way, every time and, I hear Patrick say fearless leader, I think he's going to follow it up with Kim Jong-un. It's also not nope. true. John, John, John Goulet, our program director, does have a fear, and it's that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy are staying with the Dallas Cowboys. That's not no, a fear. That's a nightmare. Fear, <laughs> his fear is them all bringing up Kim Jong-un. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then there's no today. <laughs> I'll just start there. Oh, and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then his other fear would be some sort of sexual thing from you. Okay. So let's be clear. And by the way, just quickly, that play is the abs laying a short price, right, Mike? Yeah. Abs are minus 140 tonight, taking on the Kings. These are just two teams going yeah. in different directions right now. Kings have lost 12 of their last 14, only scored more than three goals in one of those 14 games. Avalanche on the other side have been absolutely streaking. They're, they're hot right now. I think they get the job done at home here. This is the Kings first on a road trip as well. So I'll lay the minus 140 with the abs tonight against the Kings. Short price here, Mike, and especially overall Kings just two and 10, excuse me, two and eight in their last 10. But how do you lose to the Sharks? I know John's going to get mm -hmm. mad, but this is important. This is a pretty good bet. He's got here on this price when you get them at ball arena at this number yeah so how about that ravens chief game it's gonna be crazy i was gonna guys. say anything on wna before we kind of <laughs> no but last uh, night you could have gotten lsu I, at I home plus seven good yeah that's <laughs> that's factual um I, I, but we're gonna move on to kansas city and baltimore i just say this dustin started the show samich with a good zinger about san francisco potentially boat racing the lions it is a concern of mine i i i will will say this. It does feel a little bit house money-ish. Now, this is a very broad conversation here. It, it's the Lions beating Tampa. I keep repeating myself. A home game. That had to happen. Headed out to Santa Clara. This is an all-star team. The pressure is on Shanahan, Mike. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, this is clearly the number one team in everyone's power rankings throughout the mass majority of the year. The Ravens at the end, you could say, are right up there with San Francisco. But this is an opportunity here. You had the Eagles fall off. You had the Cowboys fall off. There wasn't really anyone else in the NFC. I, I At the end of the road here, going into last weekend, I had Green Bay and Detroit as the second and third highest ranked teams left in the NFC. That's not that tough to get through, especially when you're playing at home for two games. This is the opportunity right now for San Francisco to go out and to be able to get a title We'll see if they can get through the, the, the Lions. I, 
I think they do. I think San Francisco advances on here. I'm not sure they cover the seven and a half number, but I think they get through this game. Guys, this is something. Go, go ahead, Amal. No, I was just going to add one other thing real quick. We haven't touched upon it, but you've seen it in the playoffs so far this year. And it's obvious every time in the NFL. But turnovers in the way these two games are matched up are going to be more important in my estimation than they are in just a regular game. Because Kansas City seals like there might be a limited number of possessions in essence based on the way the Ravens want to play it. And if you're the Lions, you've got to take advantage of any opp- opportunities you get. This is something that I don't think because of the recency effect that people want to hear. But if you adjust the strength of schedule, you look into the numbers, this Ravens team is great. I'm talking like great over 10, 20 years. They've been awesome this year. They have a statistical advantage that is big against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs defense, and that's where I'm going to start here, boys. These two defenses, it's one and two in scoring D, the Ravens, and then the Chiefs number two, 16 and a half and 17 three accordingly now the total open 45 and has dipped down to 44 and a half 44 at DraftKings now I'm just going to start Simon I'll start with you Kansas City 13 and 6 to the under this year the Ravens 9 8 and 1 to the under this year I have a sense that this is going to be ugly and I do like the under 44 and a half I would agree with you, Patrick. I think both defenses have an advantage over the offenses and what they want to do in this spot. I think Kansas City, I mean, if you look at the defenses they have faced the last two weeks, it was a very banged up Miami defense and absolutely beat up Buffalo defense. So you saw some of that, you know, old school Kansas City moving the football style in there. But I'm not expecting anything like that from the offense of Kansas City this weekend. I think it's going to be much more of a grind against this Baltimore defense. You've got two very good linebackers up the middle. They're going to be able to try and stop the run and be able to hold down Kelsey. You've got multiple people in the secondary. They'll be able to come up and press. So you're going to have a much tighter defense to the line of scrimmage, a much more active defense than what Mahomes and this Chiefs team has seen the last couple of weeks. On top of that, we saw the Chiefs really change the way that they're running their offense quite a bit to moving it to more of a Mahomes-led offense where he can audible at the line of scrimmage. Last week in Buffalo, that crowd was not nearly as loud as what I think you're going to get this week in Baltimore. So I think they're going to have a little more struggle changing the plays at the line as well. And on the other side, look, this Ravens offense, where they are good, they don't have the explosive playmakers that can really take advantage of this Chiefs defense. The Chiefs are going to do exactly what they did in the – the second half of that Buffalo Bills game. They're going to bring more players up into the box, bring their safeties up, and really focus on stopping the run, specifically stopping Lamar Jackson from running and putting it all on his arm. You're going to have to see the Ravens make big plays through play action if they want to move the football down the field. But I have more faith in this secondary from Kansas City, which is wildly underrated with Snead and McDuffie and even Connor there, the rookie. I think they're going to do a very good job of stopping those explosive plays. And you're going to see quite a few punts in this spot. Uh, I played the under 45 and a half on, on Monday. I love the under still here sitting here at 45 and a half. I'd make sure you can shop 44 is a key number with totals, but I'm with you, Patrick. I think both of these offenses struggle. You know, you guys board the key 44 and a half. You're looking to get that right now. Go ahead. Amal. You guys bring up some good points on how effective both these defenses are, but I have a question for you, Mike, in terms of the rushing game here for Kansas city, Pacheco's total said 62 and a half, 63 and a half, depending on where you get the number in five of their last eight games. Now there was one with Najee Harris in the Pittsburgh game where Baltimore wasn't playing everybody. They've given up a hundred yard rusher, Kyron Williams, CMC, uh, Devin, a chain, any concerns from a run game standpoint uh, for the, Ravens defense against Pacheco. Yeah, I think that, that Pacheco could have some success. The one area the Ravens specifically struggle in are zone schemed run plays, and that's what Kansas City runs almost 40% of the time when they're running the football. So one of Kansas City's strengths is going directly against one of the weaknesses in this Baltimore defense. They usually like to try and commit six guys in the box and assume that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are going to be able to stop the run. The key to this to beating this Ravens defense is making them put a seventh or eighth guy in the box to stop the run. It's one of the reasons I think Pacheco early especially gets a lot of touches here, and they try and get them out of that base six men in the box defense so that they can force them, them so they can allow themselves to get some man-to-man matchups on the outside and on their tight ends i think pacheco has some success in this game I, the key here is if you think this stays close i like the over on pacheco if you think baltimore has a chance to get out early that makes pacheco's touches less likely later in the game and that's where his total is going to be decided Samich, you had the over congratulations 11 rushes for lamar against the texans 100 yards Buffalo just ran for 182 against Kansas City. I don't think Baltimore should be throwing the football in this matchup. I got under 211 and a half on Lamar's passing yards. Dustin and Amal both have over 64 and a half on Lamar Jackson rush yards. Where are you on those two? 
I I'm going to take under on Lamar's rush yards, but I'm going to wait until game day to play it. Uh, this look 52 and a half last week. We opened at 61 and a half this week. We're already steamed up to 65 and a half. So almost a 14 yard swing from last week's expectations to this week's expectations. I think that's a little too drastic, especially when this chiefs team is going to be dialed in to stop Lamar from running the football. When you look at who else they have in the backfield, there's no one else that scares you from a Baltimore perspective. Who's going to be able to break out and make big plays. You're going to allow Hill to get his stuff. You're going to allow those guys to, to Gus Edwards to get his five yards, four yards. You're not going to allow Lamar Jackson to get 15 to 20 on the ground at a clip with the defensive focus on him. I think his running game gets taken away. So I'll take the under, but I'm going to wait till game day. It could get as high as like 68 and a half by game day, just because you're only going to see yep. over money come in on that prop. I agree with you on the underpassing yards. I, I don't think he has a monster day through the air. I think this one ends up in the teens or low twenties, and that's going to push a lot of the total or a lot of player props to the under. Counselor, you make a great argument against Lamar, but for me, part of the handicap is the fact that when the play, particularly in a pass play, breaks down, his ability to pick up chunk yards. That's where I think it's going to be a real challenge. Big guy, we got nothing from you in that segment, so you take us to break. Tease us. What do you got, big guy? Tease you? I'll undo a couple more buttons if you want. Nope, to nope. That's what we said John was concerned about, oh. so we can move on from that. Okay, that's uh, later put, tonight. Keep, keep your shirt on. Mike's point is a good one. Inflation in the prop market. If you're looking to bet unders, wait. Right before game time, these numbers will keep on climbing. You continue. Sharp money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.